This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. As the UAW strike grinds on, GM and its hourly workers are losing a lot of money. Merrill Lynch estimates GM lost $2 billion in profits so far, meaning UAW workers have lost $2,000 in profit sharing. They've also lost around $4,000 in take-home pay. Even so, GM promised that it would pay workers an $8,000 signing bonus to ratify the contract, so they'll make all that money back and then some. Well, here's our AutoLine Insight. We think GM made a tactical error by publicly announcing the signing bonus. That sent a signal to strikers that they could hold out longer because the company would cover their losses once the strike was over. Based on multiple media reports, it looks like we're getting close to a settlement. Automakers are struggling to sell plug-in hybrids. In the first half of this year, sales of plug-ins dropped nearly 14% in Europe, they fell 30% in the U.S., and plummeted 51% in China. This is deeply worrying to automakers who invested heavily in these cars. So Volvo is coming up with a sales gimmick to try and get sales going. It will pay for the first year of charging costs for a plug-in starting in 2021. But that sounds like a lot more appealing that it may actually pay out. Depending on how many miles you drive and what you pay for electricity, we figure the subsidy is worth about 400 bucks. Jeep owners are some of the most loyal out there and they don't like fakes, even digital ones. Apple drew the ire of many Jeep fans because of the blue vehicle emoji that would pop up whenever you type Jeep into an iPhone text. The emoji looks nothing like a Jeep, which led to a lot of complaints on social media. But Jeep fans can rest easy now because the emoji no longer appears when you type Jeep. While Apple didn't say why it got rid of the emoji, it's clear the backlash had something to do with it. In January, Toyota said it would drop the 2019 Yaris hatchback and sell off the remaining 2018 models. Well, it looks like that was a move to clear out inventory for an all-new model. It will be the first compact vehicle to be built off of Toyota's new global architecture and features some pretty expressive styling. Let us know what you think in the comments section. A one-liter, three-cylinder engine mated to a CVT is the standard powertrain setup. It will also offer a one and a half liter three-cylinder engine, which gets either a six-speed manual or CVT, as well as front or all-wheel drive, or in the case of the hybrid, electric four-wheel drive. That hybrid is a first for the Yaris too. Toyota said it tried to condense the interior and make it clutter-free, and I think you can say it did a good job of that. The high-mounted infotainment screen, separated from the HVAC controls, are really the only things to take up space on the dash. The new Yaris will have a number of driver assist features, including Advanced Park, which is a parking support system and a first for Toyota. The first examples of the new Yaris will start arriving in April of 2020. And speaking of new vehicles, Volkswagen unveiled a fastback version of the Atlas SUV. 
You know, I've never really been a fan of the Atlas's styling. It looks a bit dated to me, something that would have looked good 10 years ago. But I really like this new version. What do you think? The five-seater Atlas Crossport will be made at VW's plant in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and it will launch in the spring of next year. A few decades ago, a crash with an SUV in a passenger car would likely be fatal for the people in the car. But a new study from the Insurance Institute of Highway Safety found that the safety disparity is starting to decline. From 2013 to 2016, the fatality rate for car to SUV crashes with an SUV that were up to four years old was 28% higher than the rate for car to car crashes. But that's down from a rate of 132% from 1989 to 1992. Researchers attribute the improvement to stronger structures inside airbags in cars, as well as lower front ends on SUVs. While SUVs have made big strides, it's a different story for pickups. Drivers in cars and minivans are two and a half times more likely to die in an accident with a pickup than with another car or minivan. Researchers attribute that to the big weight differences in those types of vehicles. Coming up next, John will share his driving impressions of the new mid-engine Corvette. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Last week, General Motors brought a couple of C8 mid-engine Corvettes to the annual Ride and Drive event for the North American Car of the Year jury. As a member of the jury, I got to spend about 40 minutes driving the car on back roads outside of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Not only is the C8 everything it's cracked up to be, it may be the best car General Motors ever built. When you slide behind the wheel, the view to the road is impressively open. Thanks to moving the engine to the rear, the windshield, the hood, and the belt line are much lower, giving you panoramic visibility. And because you're sitting so much further forward than before, you get the feeling you're right on top of all the action. The interior, by far, is the best ever offered on a Corvette. And while it lacks the hand-stitched feel of much pricier mid-engine exotics, it looks and feels good. This car passes the 100-yard test. That is to say, you just know this is going to be a fantastic car before you've even driven it 100 yards. There's something about well-developed vehicles that exude that kind of feeling, and the C8 is definitely one of them. More than glued to the road, it feels like it's growing right out of the road. Needless to say, it accelerates at warp speed, and the exhaust note sounds like a symphony. Best of all, the new Corvette rides very comfortably, meaning that even though it's an exotic sports car with blinding performance, you could actually use it as an everyday driver. Look, we still need to take the C8 out on a track to fully explore its performance envelope, but so far, in my book, this is the most exciting Corvette in over half a century. Hey, no doubt the C8's going to be a big topic of conversation tomorrow on AutoLine After Hours when Bob Lutz will be our special guest. He'll have a lot to say about a bunch of other things, too. So if you've got a question you would like to pose to Maximum Bob, send an email to viewermail at autoline.tv or tweet it our way to at autoline or just join us in the chat room when the show gets going at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Anyway, that brings us to the end of today's report. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.